0: Let's turn to Psalm 27. We'll get to it eventually. You know, there's a <clears throat> there's a lot in what's going on in the world right now that uh, that we have to wrestle through. And you know, last week uh, addressed addressed the sin of racism as uh, as really part. It was part one of three steps to. Um, to kind of invite people into a deeper uh, time of, of prayerful introspection and dialogue. And so it was preach the sermon, uh, send out some self-assessment processing questions, and then on the 22nd we'll have just a gathering for anyone who wants to come and talk about uh, what, what their times of prayer and uh, self, self-assessment look like. And so that'll go up this afternoon on the app. You can sign up for that. Um, but in addition, in addition to all that's going on in our world that we're wrestling with, you know, there's, there seems to be a whole other list of things. Uh, so putting that one aside, I'm not trying to put the sin of racism in the same category as these other things, but there's other stuff going on. Uh, obviously there is a virus that's out there that, uh, has put the world on notice and, uh, there are, um, there's just a lot to think about and to process. and. Um, It's hard to know what to, who to, who to believe and what is accurate information. And uh, it has impacted every part of, of every life on the planet in different ways, you know, probably. Um, Then there's school, right? School starts back. And so with that comes all kinds of things because school is not normal. And there's, you know, do you send the kids? Do you not send the kids? How do you work out the schedule for them to be home sometimes and not other times? And, what the elementary is different from the middle school and from the high school, and what happens if someone gets coronavirus, and how's that going to work, and what if a teacher gets it, and what if you know all these kinds of just just school itself is a whole thing to wrestle through. Um, then there's like the long term effects of coronavirus. You know what is what is going to be the long term effect of what we are going through and have gone through and will go through? The emotional side of it, the the social you know elements there, the um, how is it going to affect jobs and industry in in the long run, which spills you into just the economy overall? You know, we've seen uh, as Americans, we've seen great economy. We've seen terrible economy. We've, who knows what's going to happen? It's, it's still shifting. You know, there's so much uh, all around us in all those regards. And um, then you kind of have this uh, presidential election that's looming out there, you know. And so that is, you know, as as polarizing of an issue as anything else. And and so I, I sense that people are, it's starting to get real because the the conventions are coming and the nominees are in place and all that. And so people are getting nervous. What if what if this person wins or what if this person wins or what if what if this happens and what if this happens and what's going to happen after that? And you know, there's all that stuff. And then there's like stuff like that we're always worried about, like death. <laughs> you know, we're working really hard to avoid death. Um, It's something that uh, Has We just go to great lengths To avoid that whole thing Um, Plus just the anticipated Loss of things like Personal comfort uh, A sense of normalcy um, How all these things Impact our time and our money And uh, Opportunities that we have That we feel like are once in a lifetime type things There's just It's just a lot like it's I feel like a lot of those things are on the list all the time, but like, then there's the, the, the unique aspect of the coronavirus stuff that throws a wrench into all those things I just named. And, um, so these kind of stressful, whatever you want to call it, things, let's just say, as we're working our way through them, there's just these different responses that, when you talk to different people, and a lot of these things I just brought up, they spike uh, what maybe you could categorize as negative emotions in us. Don't they just mentioning some of these things makes your fear spike or anxiety or worry, which are different, but they're, you know, related. Uh, some of these things make you angry, you know, like a little bit of like, just stop talking about it because it's making me, my blood's boiling already, you know, or what, what I would, I would consider this a negative emotion is, is, is that those things make you feel like I have to get control of something? Like I have to be able to control uh, something in my life. If I can't control those things, there's something I, I can control. Um, all of this stuff—it's—it's it's just a time when, it, whenever you start to talk deeply with one another, uh, these ne- these like negative emotions connected to all these issues—they're just—they're just so front and center, and I. I pick up on it, and you probably pick up on it with me, and you see it uh, in the people that you interact with, and you see it on social media. And there's just this sense of uh, uneasiness that maybe uh, uneasy is like it's just a nice way of saying we're all pretty terrified. You know, we're all pretty worried, we're pretty anxious, we're pretty angry, and we're trying to control things. And uh, how are we supposed to deal with all this stuff? You know, so, uh, as a, as a, like, as a pastor of this church, that's a part of what, uh, what I get to do is I get to talk to Jesus about how to, like, how do we lead the the family of faith down the path of righteousness for your namesake in the midst of things that are bringing out all of this stuff within us, all these things that, um, that we don't want, you know, no one, is signing up for more anger or more fear or more anxiety. Nobody is. And in the last few months, uh, just me, myself, going through all these things and talking with others and trying to figure it out, there's this word that keeps coming up. Uh, this this word of what we need right now, and the word is wisdom. And James tells us that there are two kinds of Wisdom. James chapter three. If you want to go and read it later on, he says there's two kinds of wisdom. There's there's earthly wisdom, which is where which is where a lot of these things that I've just talked about, uh, those negative emotions, that's that's in the earthly wisdom category, uh, because it, it starts off with us thinking, well, what if what if this happens? We start running these scenarios. What if this? 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 And then these negative emotions spike. And then, the earthly wisdom is confirming: like you should be terrified, you know. You should be uh, worried about this. You should be anxious. You should be. You should take control. This should make you furious, you know. And that's what earthly wisdom is doing: is it's 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 handling things as if as if God is not real, you know, as if this life is all that there is. But it's it's very it's very much. Um, at our disposal all the time And if we're not careful We will default to this And we'll get swept up in it And James calls earthly wisdom uh, Unspiritual and demonic That's what he says That that is, that is That finds its origins In our enemy who's trying to destroy us And so I come Bringing to us a, a reminder That there is Really good news on the table That there is another way to live. That there is another way to go through coronavirus and the schools opening and the election and the economy and all of the unknowns. There is another way to go through it. And it's what James calls heavenly wisdom. Heavenly wisdom is now an option to us. This is how he describes it. He says, the wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable gentle open to reason full of mercy and good fruit impartial sincere and there's a harvest of righteousness because it's sown in peace by people of peace now if you're going to sign up if we're going to have a sign up register on the app for earthly wisdom or heavenly wisdom none of us is picking earthly wisdom all of us is picking heavenly wisdom right that's that is, that is what we want. That is what the Christ in you, the hope of glory, that is what he is. is, is, is constantly there saying, this is who you are. This is who I've made you. I, I died so that you wouldn't have to uh, live in earthly wisdom. I died so that you could have access to my heavenly wisdom. And so there's a question that we find in the book of Job. Job is going through this same thing. Um, in verse uh, in chapter twenty-eight, verse twenty, he says this. He says, "From where then does wisdom come, and where is the place of understanding?" I said, how, "How do I know? Where do, where, do, where do I begin? I have no idea." And then God answers him in verse twenty-eight. He said to man, "Behold, the fear of the Lord that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding." Now in the Bible, in wisdom literature, especially, so Job, uh, Psalms, I mean, uh, Psalms, sorry, Job, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, fear does not mean uh, that you are, are afraid of something. It means that you have great reverence and respect and honor for something. It just translates really poorly into English. And so what we could say is, if you look at the verse again on the screens, um, behold the 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 respect the reverence the honoring of the lord that is wisdom that 's the the starting place of wisdom and in order to understand it, you have to turn away from evil you have to turn away from the earthly wisdom that 's constantly coming our way so I want to give you two uh, Two sides of a coin that will maybe help with this. One is a, is a theological concept that will help us uh, reconnect with heavenly wisdom if, if you've detached from it. So I don't bring this making assumptions or trying to say that everyone here is operating earthly wisdom. I don't believe that that's true. I know it's not true because I've, I've talked with a lot of you about different things. So I'm here not only to address those who, who have like maybe got swept up in earthly wisdom, but even the ones in heavenly wisdom, it, if you're not careful, it's very easy to uh, relapse, so to speak. And so this might meet you where you are, it might meet you where you're headed, or however that is. Two sides of the same coin. The first, the first is this theological concept um, that uh, has been reduced down to uh, the imminence and the transcendence of God. That God is imminent and he is transcendent. So, uh, let me start with with transcendence. A very quick, like super quick, rundown of transcendence. If you want a a summary idea, it's the fact that God is holy. He is holy. Um, He is exalted above and beyond us. He is... He is unlike his creation in his in his essence. He is distinct from creation. So we are made in his image, but we are not the same as him. He's not the same as us. Um, some of these distinctions are here's a quick list. Uh, he has no beginning and no end, so he's infinite. He's absolutely powerful. He knows everything. He can be everywhere at one time. He never changes. He's totally pure and totally just absolutely loving and compassionate. He spoke the world into existence and he created everything that exists. Um, Those are all things that are uniquely his. Um, You can see this in Romans 11 and Psalm 9, but here's Isaiah 55 verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts, your thoughts. That's where uh, one of the many passages where we get this from. And so God is holy in that he is completely set apart and other. He's completely other than his creation. So here, so the idea that he transcends means like he goes above and beyond and he's different. He's, he's bigger than all these things. So he transcends coronavirus. He transcends presidential elections. He pre- He transcends economic ups and downs. He transcends... Uh, bad reports from the doctor here, anything I could list. I mean, I could just sit here forever and list things that he transcends. He's above it all. Then at the same time, the scriptures tell us that God is imminent, imminent meaning near close. Uh, so if transcendence is God is holy, then uh, immanence is God is love. That's Love And um, he's lovingly near to his creation. We see it in Revelation 21, Deuteronomy 4, all all throughout the Bible, really. Here's one of the more famous ones. Uh, John 3, verse 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That this transcendent God loves the world so much that he would come here in person and die so that we could eternally be with him. Um, so, uh, John Frame, who's a theologian, he says this. He says, in general, to say that uh, God's transcendent is to say he's exalted above and beyond us. To say that God is imminent is to say he is present in time and space and that he is near to us. N. T. Wright says that this this allows us to speak simultaneously of God's sovereign supremacy and his intimate presence. His unapproachable holiness and his self-giving, compassionate love. These are things that they seem to go against one another, but they, uh, and they do in our world, right? Really powerful people are not accessible, you know, um, things like these seem to oppose each other, but actually they, they, they find like a seamless unity in God himself. he's both of these things at once. And so, to sum all that up, God is ho- holy love. He is transcendent and he is imminent at the same time. And these find their perfect expression in Jesus. If you want to, the, everything I've been saying, I'm like, that's a little too abstract, whatever. Here, they, they find their perfect expression in Jesus. John 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This transcendent God who created everything Spoke the world into existence. All of those attributes that we talk about. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He came near. Advent is not very far away. Even though it seems like it might be. And that's what we're talking about. The eminence and the transcendence of God. word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. We've seen his transcendence. Glory as the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. So we see all these things pulled into one. And so to engage the challenges of life with heavenly wisdom starts with, with the reverence and respect and just being in awe of who God is. And as we go through these things that life throws our way, we, we just apply what we know about God which is what he tells us in the Bible, we plotted what we're going through. That's what wisdom in action looks like. Earthly wisdom is going to rely on earthly sources to navigate your way through these different things. And heavenly wisdom will rely on heavenly sources. The scriptures, the Holy Spirit, people of God. Now David, David learned this. He He learned this over time and he figured this out. And he was a poet and a journaler. And thankfully, we have uh, records of his poems and his journal entries. And so Psalm 27 is, uh, here is this, this man of faith who has uh, wrestled with earthly wisdom. And because of the fear of the Lord, the healthy fear of the Lord, he has defaulted his way not into earthly wisdom, but into heavenly wisdom. he talks about it. So let's walk through Psalm 27. We'll go a little bit at a time. I know it seems like we're going to be here forever. We probably won't. Although it's hard to get past the first verse. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be? Afraid. I mean, what a what a perspective, you know. Holy love is my light and my salvation and my stronghold. The transcendent, imminent God is the one who is lighting up the darkness. He is the one who is, is saving me, has saved me, is saving me, will save me. Why in the world would I be a... There's nothing that can make me afraid. It's incredible. What's to fear when holy love is shepherding and overseeing our souls? Verse 2. When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it's they who stumble and fall. Verse 3, though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. What, a part of what we, he's getting at here is he's realized that every evil thing will ultimately destroy itself. It does. It just destroys itself. We see it happening all the time. Evil is a destroyer. He's like, okay, so the armies are coming at me. Well, they're the ones that actually stumble and fall. My enemies, yep, it ends up being on them. And you have to look at at the, end, look at the second part of verse 3. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Yet, if I get coronavirus, I will be confident. What does confident mean? With fidelity, with Faith If I get coronavirus I'm going to be fine If I lose my job I'm going to be fine If That candidate wins the election I'm going to be fine If my 401k Goes super high through the roof Or it completely bottoms out I'm going to be okay Okay I mean, fill in the blank you know, in your own life. Whatever it is that you are fearing and stressing about and worrying about and trying to take control of, if your worst fears come true, you're still going to be okay. That stuff can't harm us. God will still take care of you, even if you die. To live as Christ, to die is what? Gain. I mean, it's going to be okay. I know you're thinking, yeah, but what about this one, about this one, about this one, about this? I understand. I'm not trying to minimize that or sweep those things under the rug or ask like we don't go through difficult, painful things. I know that we do. I've gone through my own stuff, you know. I, I get it. And I'm not minimizing that. I'm just saying there is, there is another way to look at it. Um. Let's keep going. Verse 4. One thing I've asked of the Lord that I'll seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He'll conceal me under the cover of his tent. He'll lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies and all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. So he's kind of laid this, laid this foundation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I have nothing to be afraid of. No matter what comes my way, I will live with faith. I will live with confidence and then he kind of goes into this, this stretch where he's, it seems like he is showing us the like actual like tactical disciplines and things he has practiced that keep him connected to heavenly wisdom. Um, here, are, here are some of the things that he brings out in those three verses. Uh, dwell in the house of the Lord, which doesn't mean like the church house. You know, like it always bothers me when people call like the church building the house of the Lord. Um, but when, in his day, that was that was pre Holy Spirit is is dwelling within us. It's a pre a bunch of stuff, and so uh, in his day there was like an actual place that you would go to be in the presence of God. And so what he's really getting at is not really the house; it's about being in the presence of God, like your mind and heart are intentionally present, realizing that God is present with me. Um, To gaze upon His beauty, to have that sense of awe, who God is, and from who He is, what He has done. uh, Just to be stunned again, you know. To inquire in His temple. I think. I think that means that's prayer, right? You're asking. You're inquiring. Is that he will offer sacrifices? It takes a lot of forms. Um, Time as a sacrifice, you know, money sacrifice, uh, obedience. It's better than sacrifice. It's a form of sacrifice. So, so, but there, there is a like. I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm willing to do without. In order to give to you, so you can do with. It says I'll sing and make melody. Uh, the like biblically, the people of God like they're like music is a part of that. Singing is a part of that. And you might not feel like you have the best voice in the world, and that's that's fine. Um, it doesn't really matter to the Lord. Uh, but sometimes, you know, like you know, sometimes, like like you want to sing. and Other times, you just need to be around other people that are singing. I mean, all of these things are are qualities of the gathering of the saints. You know, so we have to meet together. It's part of why the why it was so suffocating to not be able to meet together and do some of these things. And uh, un, until like the um, the like coronavirus situation gets like a little more stable and everything, there's folks who will not be able to come and meet with us. Uh and hopefully they're watching by live stream. It's a part of why why the investment went into being able to continue to do that. Um and so I know that if you're unable to be here, there's a there's a part of you that's aching, you know, to do that and we will do it again. Like it'll it'll happen. Um, and so, but these things are found with with connecting with the Lord, which you can do as an individual, you can do in a congregation of people, you can do as a community group, you can do via live stream. But but these these things, these acts of worship, what he is saying is that these are difference makers. This is how you process your way through enemies attacking you and uh, war coming being made against you. you know? This is where heavenly wisdom. Uh, begins And what he says is like, here's, here's are the things I'm going to do. Dwell in the house of the Lord, gaze upon his beauty, inquire in his temple, offer sacrifices, sing and make melody. And in those verses, he says, and this is what God will do. Uh, hide me in his shelter. That God is hiding you in his shelter in the midst of all the things that we're experiencing. He will con- uh, conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. He will lift my head above my enemies. He's realizing that uh, well, here's this is what wisdom looks like. Is I do the I worship, and then God does this incredible protecting thing through the transcendence and the immanence, uh, all brought together in the person of Christ. That He's bigger than all of it, and He's nearer than we can imagine, all at the same time. And David's saying, you know how I, how when I've forgotten that, you know how I remember it. I gather, I sing. I give, I pray. I reconnect to the truths about who God is. And then he just does what he does. He's just God to us. Look at verse seven. These are some, uh, listen to like, uh, I think this is like a prayer. I think this is talking about prayer kind of zeroes in. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud and be gracious to me and answer me. You said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O oh, you who've been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O oh God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. I think he's really saying, hey, Just be honest with the Lord. Pray very honest prayers. If you are afraid, of, of afraid, worried, anxious, controlling, whatever it is, about any of those things I mentioned, or you probably have your own list of things, come before the Lord and just lay it out there. I mean, the book of Psalms is full of incredibly honest people writing very honest prayers. And it doesn't hurt God's feelings, you know. If you're a parent... And your child comes to you and they are expressing a need or something that they're unhappy about or you know, whatever, like, what does that do to you? It's not different with the Lord, you know, except he's like a, the holy, this holy parent, you know. He never has a bad day when you go to him, you know, those kinds of things. He never, uh, he's never like, oh, you picked the worst moment to bring this up, you know. And so praying honest prayers that are based on uh, his track record of faithfulness. God has a track record of faithfulness, doesn't he? Like, it's all through the Bible. It's all throughout human history. But if you are his, it's in your life too. It's in my life. He has an outstanding track record. And so our prayers are not prayed uh, disconnected from that track record. It's it springs from that, you know. So you're being honest, but the reason you're being honest is you know, I, is you're saying I know who you are. I know what you have done and are doing and will do. I know who I am to you because of what you have said. And so let's let's talk about what's going on. Let's talk about my anger. Let's talk about you know whatever it may be. In verse eleven teach me your way o oh lord and lead me on a level path because of my enemies i love that so much Te- teach me your ways lead me on a level path because of my enemies we we ask god for help you know we're saying please teach me what to do but will you will you level out my path in regard to your quote unquote enemies Substitute enemies for, for anything that is that is coming out Any you. Any kind of earthly wisdom because of a situation that's going on. Anything that is, th- a, what you perceive as a threat to you. Teach me what to do. Give me a level path. Verse 12, give me not up to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. Look how specific he is you see see where where this is going like um to have this this imminent loving relationship with the transcendent holy god uh, is the most freeing thing in the world because we we don't have to tiptoe around it and try to pray just the right things and all this stuff you're just be be like like be like a kid sitting down with their parent and the kid just just rambles and rambles and rambles or tells every detail in the world. Or just sits there and just cries. You know? Whatever you need to be uh, as, as a son, as a daughter, then just be that. That's why Jesus says when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father. Like, that's It's the most simple imagery in the world. And I think what David is showing us here is that those simple things, specific prayers... These acts of worship, this, this connects us to the fear of the Lord, to the respect, the, 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 the beauty and the power of God so that we are wise, so that we know what to do with these things that we're wrestling through. And we don't have to just do what uh, the world around us is doing or tells us to do. And what happens is you find yourself really able to like not get swept up in the narratives, you know. Not to mention the fact that when the people of God, this is—we're the ones walking through these crazy things with, like, with a level path. Um, people look at us and they're like, "Why aren't you freaking out about this? Why, why aren't you losing your mind over this issue or this whatever?" And you're like, "Well." Because uh, I live a steady life, I'm not saying that's easy to do. I'm not saying it's quick or you just flip a switch, but it is. It is an option, you know. And so he lands the plane, and so will I. Here we go. Verse thirteen it says, "I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living," saying, "I believe." In the, in the land of the living, which is, which is another way of saying in my, in my life, this side of my death, in this earthly life, that I will see the goodness of, of the Lord. I will see God be good in coronavirus and presidential elections and economies and um, all of the various other things that are on your own personal list or your family's list. I will see God be good in those things. It will happen in, in this lifetime, in this moment. That all those things going on, that you don't throw out everything about God, you grab on more tightly to it. That's uh, that's living by faith and not by sight. Sight, you can also think feelings and circumstances, and you know all those kind of things. I will live by by what I believe to be true. Then, in closing, he says, "Wait for the Lord." be strong, let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. It's bookends of waiting for the Lord. But waiting is not this inactive, passive, you know, I'm just going to like sit here and do nothing. Waiting is active. Waiting is what he has in between those words. It's being strong and letting your heart take courage. It's it's active. It's the fact that, that when, these, when this earthly wisdom and these negative emotions and things are coming up, you know what the people of God do? We deal with it. We don't give ourselves to it. We don't fan that into flame. We deal with our stuff. And that means, that means all of those expressions of worship. Uh, it can also mean uh, that you share with your community, hey, I, I have been really struggling with this. Maybe you need to get into counseling to deal with some of the things that, that are, are going on. Uh, if, if, if you haven't picked up on Living Hope being pro-counseling, then Living Hope is pro-counseling very much. It's in our budget to help people go to counseling. Like, there's like money there to do that. So if money is keeping you from it or you don't know, well, where would I start? Who would I see? We got a list of, uh, We just talk to us. It'll be fine. Can look like a number of different things, but the beginning of all of this is recognizing the the incredible, holy, loving God who is w- with us and in it with us as we walk down the path of righteousness. Um, so, uh, all of this probably impacts you uniquely in some ways, and it impacts us like corporately in probably really similar ways. You know, nobody in here is saying, nobody in here is unaffected by coronavirus or uh, all these other kinds of big cultural things. So you have like your personal list and then there's like our shared list. And the Lord, because he is transcendent, he's uh, intimately and intricately connected to all those things because he's above them all. And he really, really gives a rip about it because he loves you. And so you pull those things together. So is God big? Yes. Is God near? Yes. And as we go through it, we just need to go through it together. And we're trying to figure out what that looks like. Before we go, I want want to talk about what that might look like on Sunday mornings. But, you know, we're trying to figure out community groups as well. Like what does community group look like in coronavirus? And one reason we're trying to figure that out uh, is because it's it's incredibly important that we stay connected to each other. It'd be so easy to just bail, like oh, I'm not going to do group, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, because there's it's too crazy, there's too much going on. And I think our enemy loves it when we say that. So we're going to figure that out. We're going to figure it out Sunday. We're going to figure out these things because this this is crucial, crucial, crucial. But. The main thing today, I believe, is for us to connect with, uh, the, uh, with the transcendence and the eminence of God as, a, as a, either a reconnecting point to heavenly wisdom, uh, or maybe you're, you've already been there and you just want to go a little bit deeper, whatever that is. I think that's the big takeaway today. So I hope this has been helpful in some ways. Um, it's, a lot of these things have been heavy on a lot of hearts, you know, for a while, and so as we walk through it together, we'll do it together. So you kind of know what we do now. You know, we're we are talking through some like communion options um, of like what that could look like because we really need that to be a part of things again. Um, but uh, we can still like do some of these things that David says he, that he does here. That you're you're um, able to sing and to make melody. You're able to inquire. Uh, so we're going to do what we usually do We're going to sing a little bit And we're going to do that new song Which uh, has some really intense lyrics to it Which I'm, I'm a fan of um, It has a lot of words though So just hang in there with us on that part But um, we're, gonna, we're just going to spend some time And so if you need to spend this time listening Or singing or praying Or whatever it is To connect to what God's stirring Then this is the time to do that So let me pray for us And then we'll sing together a little bit Lord, I'm so thankful for um, just for all the ways that you take care of us, and just how you care about what's going on with us, and um, you know we have this list of things that seem so intense, and admittedly they're bigger—they're bigger than us, but they're not bigger than you. And uh, I pray that that is a comforting thing. I pray that verse 1 in in that psalm of just reconnecting to who our light and salvation and stronghold is would, would be a, a blessing to us and an encouragement to us and that it would put into perspective all these other things that we're figuring out. And that the last verse, that as we wait actively, that we would be strong and we would take heart. And that we would apply these things to whatever it is that we're facing. And so, God, in these these next few moments, we just ask that you would help just meet us where we are and speak through the songs or just the the, the prayerful atmosphere or whatever it may be that we could walk out of here or holding on to the things that you have given to us. We love you, and we pray this all in your name. Amen.